You're listening to Hope on the Homefront, the official podcast for Homefront Heroes Ministries. I'm your host, Taylor Blackburn. We're a group of military wives on a mission to help you find joy in your journey. We're jumping in the trenches to encourage you when you're struggling, help you grow in your faith, and support you through military life. Because here, you are seen. Here, you're essential. Here, you are never alone. Welcome home. Let's go. Well, hey, Hope Keepers. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to our Planted series. I am excited to dig into these last couple episodes and start building back above the soil. If you haven't tuned in for all three episodes before this one, make sure you go back and listen to our Planted series so you can pick up with us right where we left off. If you haven't been listening for a while and you're wondering what the term hope keeper is, I wanted to take a second and just say that that is a term that we talked about um, representing our community and just kind of our focus as military wives. And it's a fun play on the word housekeeper or homemaker. And when we thought of the word hope keeper and the term being a keeper and even thinking of that term housekeeper, um, Being a keeper of anything, it means to tend to it and to be intentional and to care for it um, and almost to create something out of it. And so I know many of us as military wives are in a season where maybe we have little ones and, you know, we're home full time, or maybe we've just moved to a new country and we don't have little ones and, you aren't able to work in the career that you've always had. And now you're, you know, just wondering where your place is as you serve your soldier or your sailor or your airman, whatever it is, we can start to lose sight of our value, especially when we hold it up against somebody whose job is quite literally to sometimes save the world. So When you think of that hope keeper and you think of the term keeper, what does that look like for you and your home? Because you were created to bring something invaluable to your, your home to set a tone. And that doesn't mean Pinterest worthy decor. Although if you like decor, that's fine too. But it does mean that you're creating something that is very important and you have an opportunity to nurture and care and create Um, and be intentional with the environment and the tone of your home. So we encourage you to be a hope keeper, make home a sanctuary for those that you love, um, tend to it well, and in doing so, you bring glory and honor to God. So let's get into today's episode. We are moving through our Planted series. Our last few episodes, we've talked about transformation and sin and some hard truths where I hope you've gotten a chance to spend some time with God to spend time in prayer and to spend time in his word, asking him to uproot the soil of your heart, ask him to dig into the weeds and to reveal your heart condition, because it's so important, you guys, that we don't have a poorly altered view of ourselves. Of course, we are imperfect and the grace of Christ Jesus covers us, but we want to rid ourselves of sin and we want to glorify God and we want to have a good, true relationship with him like the one that he intended us to have so that we can live the lives that he intended for us to live. So today we're building up from the surface. We are talking about building back on a firm foundation. So what does it mean to be planted? 
to look on the kingdom of heaven. Remember Hebrews 12 in our first episode, what does it mean to receive an unshakable kingdom and to build our lives and our relationship with Christ on his firm foundation? So today and the next episode that we have, we'll be talking about um, building upon a solid foundation and then keeping our eyes fixed on the kingdom of heaven, even when it's hard. So our focus today is that a firm foundation is rooted in truth. That is the focus of this episode, truth, 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 not our own truth, not a created truth, the one and only truth. And I'm going to start this episode hot and just say, you guys, that truth cannot be relative. That simply means that everybody gets to to decide what truth is. And sure, maybe there's some accuracy to like what is true for, um, I don't know, your home decor preferences. That can look differently for everyone. But truth in itself, those foundational things that are that exist, that are true. We don't get to determine those things. I don't get to determine those things. And if truth is not absolute, if that, that means if there is not one basis of truth, then nothing is actually true. And the enemy would love nothing more than to stir up confusion, um, and to water down the truth and actually make nothing true at all by convincing us that we can create our own truth. And listen, I understand that that is counter to our current culture and listen, Jesus is counterculture. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but let's dig in because this is a hope filled message. This is good that there is only one truth. It's not, um, it's nothing we need to be afraid of. So we talked in our last episode before our transformative prayer about sin and it being the poison to our soil. It hinders our growth with God. It hinders our relationship with the people we love. Um, And it is literally poisoning our bodies, right? Poisoning our, the soil of our heart. So if you think of sin as the poison, you can think of the word of God as the exact opposite. It is the vine. It is the bread of life. The Bible says, um, it nourishes our body in a way that only the word of God can only a relationship with him can, and in a way that only his presence can. So we're going to look today at the parable of the sower, um, I didn't write down this scripture reference. I apologize, but I believe this is the book of Matthew. Uh, And it says, then he told them many things in parables saying, consider the sower who went out to sow as he sowed some seed fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it didn't have much soil and it grew up quickly since the soil wasn't deep. But when the sun came up, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns and the thorns came up and choked it. And still other seed fell on good ground and produced fruit. Some 100, some 60, some 30 times what was sown. Let anyone who has ears listen. I want us to focus on that good ground. That's what we're talking about through this planted series. What is good ground? How do we have good ground so that our seed can fall upon good soil? And it goes on, Jesus starts to explain this, that, that the seed is the word of God and the good ground is our heart. It's our heart condition. It's our soul receiving that truth. So later he says, so listen to the parable of the sower. 
When anyone hears the word about the kingdom and doesn't understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one sown along the path. And the one sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, but he has no root and it's short-lived. When distress or persecution comes because of the word, immediately he falls away. Now the one sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the worries of this age and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But the one sown on good ground, this is the one who hears and understands the word, who does produce fruit and yields some a hundred, some 60, some 30 times what was sown. Good ground, deep roots. That is what Christ is saying will, will keep us planted when trial comes, when persecution comes, so that our faith and our hope and our joy might not be snatched away from us. It has to have the word of God falling onto good ground with deep roots. And you guys, we have to invite God to do the work. We have to position ourselves toward him and be intentional with our relationship with him so that he can grow those deep roots. Only he can do that, but we've got to allow the work to be done. So look at what it says about the enemy, that the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. And that brings me to the story of Jesus. When he's tempted in the wilderness, he's in the desert and the enemy does nothing but lie to him for 40 days while he's in complete isolation. And I remember feeling a lot like that when we first were over here in Germany, when we first got here, we were quite literally in isolation as we all experienced at some point through the pandemic. Um, Germany, you know, had some stricter rules and some longer isolation measures. And since we had just gotten here, I really, I, you know, as a family, we didn't get a chance to dig into community or build relationships or build friendships. And the few neighbors that we did get a chance to meet had moved like several months afterwards. And then we were still working on building those friendships with the neighbors who were still here, which later became really great friendships, but just at the time, you know, that takes time. So I felt very much alone. And I really remember questioning and being very surprised at that questioning of, you know, do I believe what I say, but I believe is God really who he says he is, is God really good? Am I really doing my children a service, um, by spending the morning, teaching them God's word and encouraging them to be bold in their faith. Genuine questions, you guys. And let me just tell you, it's not sinful to ask questions. It is sinful to, you know, allow those things to lead us to behaviors or conversations that don't glorify God, but we can bring God a hard questions and we can cling to him even when we're experiencing a little bit of that crisis of faith. And I just remember thinking, okay, this is my flesh. I can't depend on how I feel. I can't filter everything that God says through my own feelings. I need to filter what I'm feeling through the truth of God's word. And I need to trust him that he is good, that he is who he says he is, that his word will do what he says he will do. So I'm going to get up and I'm going to come down to this table every single morning. And even if I feel nothing, even if I'm still discouraged, or I still have those questions or lies pouring through my ear, I'm going to meet with him every day until he carries me through the storm. 
And so I did that. And I remember after some time, God reminding me of this story in scripture that the enemy had come while Jesus had drawn him into isolation and then lied to him, questioned God, questioned his goodness and manipulated the truth, you know, just kind of whispering in, um, Jesus's ear. And I remember God just bringing that to mind and just saying, listen, I overcame this too. I overcame this for you too. So the enemy may have come. He may be in your ear for what seems like a long period of time where day after day you're isolated and you're being fed these lies and questions of doubt, but I am with you and I have overcome this for you. And I remember that being just a really powerful moment with God. So I remembered that Jesus knew the fullness of God's word. And when the enemy gave half truths, questions of doubt or manipulated truth, it was the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God that Jesus used in its fullness to battle the enemy. And I realized that was the circumstance that I was in. And it was my job to store the fullness of God's word in his, in my heart so to fight off that enemy and, um, know what was actually true, right? Jesus could have said anything he wanted in that moment to rebuke the enemy, but he responds with the fullness of God's word and the overarching question that the enemy continues to ask him, you know, is that what God really said? Can't you cast, you know, these rocks into bread if you're hungry? Oh, you should jump off that cliff. I think the enemies will save or the angels will save you. Right. And Jesus is responding with the fullness of God's word. And so he's not shaken by these questions. And is that what God really said? It's what he whispered to Eve in the garden. It's what he whispered to Jesus in the wilderness. And it's the overarching question of our current culture flowing into our churches. If we allow it, is that what God really said? Is that actually true? Can't we translate that in a, in our current time? Don't we, don't we need to adjust that a little bit to, to be a little more kind and, and accepting And don't get me wrong, you guys, we need to be kind and we need to be gracious, but the church also needs a backbone. And that means that we have to stand firm on the truth of God's word and trust that he is good. And he means what he says for our protection, for our joy and for his glory. People have always been disobeying God. We like to think of the teachings of the Bible, you know, the old Testament teachings as, oh, that's just kind of old. That's that's archaic. Um, that's kind of just, you know, way behind the times we're, we're in, we're in 2022, you know, it's time to get with the program, but Jesus has always been counterculture. His word is not outdated or old school. It has always provoked the communities who did not believe in him. His word has always provoked people who wanted to live their own way and do what's right in their own eyes. God, um, the truth has always been unsettling to people who don't want to walk in it. And the truth right now is under attack. But if the word of God were on trial, I don't like to use analogies quite like this, but I'm going to, because I don't, it's even scripture. It says that the word of God doesn't need any defense. Um, but I want you to think about this. If, if the word of God were on trial, you have 
the person, you know, being questioned on the stand, you have the defense attorneys, you have the jury, you have the judge and everybody's coming, um, to come and frame their own contact context around what happened. And it really doesn't matter even what anybody thinks. It really doesn't matter what the jury believes is true. What actually happened, what actually is true remains no matter, no matter what is said, no matter which way you come at it, what happened actually happened. And there's no getting around that. And it's the same with God's word. It remains. We can manipulate it. We can translate it differently. We can pull it out of context. We can approach it and filter it through filters that don't, um, honor the fullness of God's word, but it doesn't take away that what is true still remains and what God asks of us and his promises to us do not change no matter which way we look at it or come at it. And so self-care soul care, taking care of ourselves, nurturing our heart really begins with our time with God. And it's critical that we give our soul, not just our bodies, but our soul exactly what it needs. And, you know, it's interesting that our world and our, our culture even will acknowledge that we are all together, body, mind, and spirit. We have meditation practices. We have yoga. We have this idea that we can manifest our own, um, futures or, or channel the universe. We're acknowledging this, the spirit, the spiritual realm. The problem is we're not giving God the honor. We're not submitting that spiritual part of ourselves to him. And that's a dangerous place to be. So I want you to think of, yes, it's good to take care of yourself. It's good to exercise and eat well and have bubble baths, but it's also very important to nurture our soul and to give ourselves God's word and to, um, root ourselves in truth. I took a year off of social media during that time of COVID and, um, isolation. I did have to use it a little bit for my job. Um, but outside of that, I deleted it from my phone, um, and didn't really miss it really honestly at all. I even put down all the Bible studies that I was reading, all the books that I was reading. And I just heard God encouraging me to just, um, pick up only his voice, listen only to him. And so that I could grow in discernment that I could, um, not be ruled by the flesh, but by the spirit. So that later when he brought that season to an end and I was reading other people's words about God, I could filter those things through actual truth and not be swayed by things that were half truths or manipulations of his word. And I think it's really important that you ask God what that would look like for you and your walk with him, because I hope to encourage you that his commands are not burdensome. That's scripture. It says the commands of God are not burdensome. Sowing into anything else in this life, you guys, is just sinking sand. We find freedom in obedience to God. We find freedom in the truth of his word. And it's really nice to know that we don't have to trust the, the feelings in our heart, when we feel scared or uncertain, we can know that God is who he is and he is unshaken no matter what circumstances we encounter. A good friend of mine told me about a story that she had heard from a pastor, um, about cows. Let me tell you, I'm in Germany. There are some beautiful cows over here, but in some 
regions, farmers have land that is so vast and so large that it's too expensive to build fences up for these, these cattle. It's, it would be impossible to build over these hundreds and hundreds of acres. So they don't put fences up, but they still need to bring, they still need to keep their cattle close. Um, and they need to make sure that they don't run away. Right. So picture this wide open spaces and wild animals. Okay. That's a recipe for going where you want to go. But instead these farmers build deep wells with fresh water and constant food and they never let them run dry so that those cattle stay close because they know they're being cared for and they know they're going to be nurtured by that fresh water. And this is, this is the word of God. You guys, this is the commands of God. It's not a fence of everything telling us what we can't do and that we can't roam and run free. You could go, we could go any way we want to go, but it's the nourishing, deep living water that flows out of a relationship with Christ that keeps me here. I don't want to go anywhere else because nothing else will satisfy me the way that Jesus has. Nothing else will nurture my heart the way that the truth of God's word will. I will never find forgiveness or grace or freedom or purpose or identity the way that I have found in walking in the plans that God has for me. So he doesn't need to build up a fence because the deep well is enough. I want to stay right here with the good shepherd to care for me, to protect me, um, and to give the plans that I know will not be for my harm, but for my good. The Bible says that he keeps in perfect peace those whose mind is fixed on him. There's not more specific scripture that we that we could have, you know, I always wonder, God, why didn't you give us a book on mothering? It's so challenging. Why is there not like 110 scriptures about being a godly wife? I need to know. I need answers. But I've come to learn that if you want to be a good mother, it's simply knowing the good father. If you want to nurture your relationships well, understand how to nurture your relationship with Christ because everything is from him to him flows out of him. All the answers we need to know come out of the fruit of the Holy spirit come out of a heart that is rooted in truth. We don't need other opinions or advice. We just need truth. we only need him. So remember the one sown on good ground, the one who hears and understands the word who produces fruit and yields some 160 some 30 times what was sown. God is more concerned with our hearts being filled with his righteousness and our faith becoming mature and complete. So we lack no good thing. Turn to him, trust his word. And I promise he will never leave you or forsake you. And that is your hope on the home front. Thanks for tuning in. From our heart to yours, we hope that this podcast is your go-to place for encouragement on the home front. We would love to hear what your favorite takeaway was from this episode by having you take a screenshot and share it on your social media. 
tag us at HFH underscore ministries or on Facebook at Homefront Heroes Ministries so we can get connected with you, get to know you more, and hear from you firsthand what specific encouragement you're looking for. This is home. This is the place to have the hard conversations. And until we chat next, get out there and find the joy.